Hi, this is Eric Gurna, President and CEO of Development Without Limits, and this is Please Speak Freely, the podcast where we have honest conversations about youth development and education. Welcome to a special episode of Please Speak Freely. I'm Eric Gurna. This episode is a memorial tribute to the great Richard Murphy. Richard Murphy was a friend and mentor of mine. He was a mentor of many, many, many people. And uh, he unfortunately passed away February 14th, 2013. Um, Before he got sick, I had been talking to him about uh, being a guest on Please Speak Freely, and I was greatly looking forward to it. I, I put off asking him to do it for a long time because I was afraid he would say no. And um, then I never got my chance. So I had been wanting to do this tribute um, since his memorial service uh, in, in February of 2013 and didn't get it together. But um, this past February 14th, exactly a year after he passed, a group of people got together at the uh, high School of Food and Finance, one of a couple of high schools that, that Richard founded or helped to found in New York City, and um, basically spent a couple of hours remembering him and telling stories and keeping his, his vision alive. For those of you who don't know who Richard was, he was a, really a lion in the field of youth development and, and in the broader field of uh, making the world a better place, I guess you could say. Uh, he was He founded... Uh, Reedland Centers for Children and Families, which became the Harlem Children's Zone. He created the Beacon Programs in New York City, which is a program model that opens public schools up basically as community centers um, to the entire community in the non-school hours. And that's a model that continues to this day in New York and in cities around the country. He was commissioner for youth services under Mayor David Dinkins. And um, after that, went on to do uh, more, many more amazing things at various nonprofit organizations um, in Washington, D.C., in New York, and around the country. And uh, as I mentioned, many people knew Murphy as a mentor, and I was one of those lucky people um, in the last few years to, to know him as a mentor. What's really amazing about Richard Murphy is the number of people who consider him a mentor. Um, at these at the memorial service in 2013, and again at this event um, in February of 2014, it was just amazing to me how many people had stories that involved Murphy um, guiding the, the the course of their life. And um, I felt a little abandoned when he passed away because he was just in the middle of sort of helping me navigate um, my own course in life. So I, I still definitely turn to him for guidance and actually hear his voice in my head when I do turn to him um, and wanted to make this podcast to capture just a few of the voices of, of people who remember him so fondly and who are dedicated to keeping his vision um, for young people and communities alive in the world. At the memorial service in 2013, um, there was many more people who spoke, including Mayor Dinkins who told um, just great, funny, and um, warm stories about Murphy. Uh, It was a smaller crowd at the event at Food and Finance High School on February 14th, 2014, but a very heartfelt one. 
Um, this podcast captures just a few of the things that uh, folks there had to say. Um, you'll hear the voices of, of many people who were close to Murphy at various times in his life. The way the event was organized and the way people spoke, it was difficult to capture everyone's names. Uh, but I will list as many names as I have on the Please Speak Freely website so you can sort of get a sense of who was there and who you're listening to. This is really just a, a sketch, a sort of snapshot of, of the event. Um, and of, and I, I also had the chance to interview one or two people um, on the side. Um, so you'll, you'll hear different types of stories. You'll hear different perspectives from different times in Richard Murphy's life. And um, this is really just my way to say thank you, Murphy. We love you. I remember back in the early 80s when we were trying to get, remember the cola, the infamous cola? Some of y'all remember that it's not a soda. That was the cost of living allowance, I believe, for those who don't know. We were sitting around a table, and around that table, uh, there was a mannequin at the table sitting next to Richard. And everybody would come into the room, would see the mannequin, but because nobody else was either talking about the mannequin or talking to the mannequin, uh, people just sat there. And maybe about midway through the meeting, Richard looks at the mannequin and says that, I see you didn't get a cola raise either, and that you have given the shirt off your back. Well, the whole room died in laughter because that was the manic genius of this man in terms of hitting the issue, hitting the humanity, and making you laugh. I wouldn't be Manhattan Borough President or in the City Council without Richard Murphy and Jessica Mates and now Alden Bonillo and many of you. I worked in the federal office of 52 Chambers for Mayor Dinkins, and he, of course, was a commissioner, and we lived right next door. And we would um, literally, I'd call him about 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, are you ready to go home? And he said, are you ready to go home? And we would share a taxi constantly up to Manhattan Avenue, and we would talk and dish. And, you know, you'd, you'd learn a lot, as you can imagine, in that one uh, taxi ride. But I don't think we ever left unless the other one was leaving. And it could be midnight, it could be 11 o'clock. I think we were trying to outdo who could work the longest. I tell you the story of the water fountains. They're hovering over me. I'm so nervous about these water fountains. Because he said to me when he was, just before he was sick, Gail, you have to make sure that every young person has a water fountain available to them because we're told not to drink soda, and then we're told not to eat out of a styrofoam cup, and then we're not supposed to go get that bottle in the bodega. So what are we supposed to do? You need a water fountain everywhere. So now I'm totally fixated on these water fountains. And we've got a report that we're working on forever. And every time I hear about a new building, I always say, they look at me like, does it have a water fountain? (laughs) And they don't know why I'm asking, but now you know why I'm asking, because he's right. I mean, to give every young person a water bottle, and then you should make sure there are water fountains to fill it, and then we won't have this uh, horrible uh, soda situation. So he always had an idea that was better 
more creative than anybody else's, and he always knew where to put it, where to place it, who to place it with, which organization to have focus on it, and then how to, how to move it. He's a, he was a genius, and um, we all miss him. I think what's great about him is we all think about him all the time. You know, you, don't, you, you always talk about talking about and thinking about somebody. I don't think about my mother. She died like this at all. But I think about Murphy because he made a difference in so many different ways. It wasn't just for young people. It was how we could participate in the advocacy and how we could enjoy participating and then how the young people um, could benefit. We're really gifted and blessed. Sometimes even just people you're working with, you're tied together because of Richard Murphy. Thank you. There's something that my friends and I call doing a Murphy, which I'm sure you've all been a part of, where you know, you're having a conversation with someone and they really need to leave, but you really want to keep talking to them. So you, know, you ride down in the elevator with them and you keep talking and then maybe you get to the first floor, but you're not really done yet. You still want to talk. So you, you kind of walk them to the subway and then you, know, you have a few more things to say. So you might even just go down into the subway and wait on the platform so you can just finish that conversation, you know, doing a, doing a Murphy. And then, uh, and then the other day I found myself saying something which I know Raul will appreciate, which was uh, someone came uh, in my office, said to me, oh, you know, is it okay if I hang up these pictures? And I said, well, you know, you can bring them in, but, you know, you're going to have to get them approved by the art commission. <laughs> so everyone knows that, you know, anywhere Richard Murphy worked, there was an art commission. It was made up of one person, and it was Richard Murphy. That's the art commission right there. So, you know, it was, he really had uh, so, so much impact on day-to-day lives. And, of course, I think the way that he mostly impacted all of our lives was that he just looked out for everyone. And I know for me, I always felt so lucky as an adult to have someone who still looked out for me all the time. I think back of the time in 1992, right, where it was, where we had a, what we like to call, some people say the Washington Heights uprising, some people say riots. But I remember in the middle of, you know, Thousands and thousands of young people that I was rolling with, and we weren't the happiest campers, and we were out to just express ourselves in a variety of ways. Here, in the middle of us trying to do something that we would have regretted for a lifetime, all of a sudden I see this guy coming out with a bow tie in the middle of a very violent situation and, like, stopping us dead in our tracks, like, literally, like, wanting to talk and negotiate. And at the same time, as angry as we are, but, like, trying to, like, do, direct the anger in a different way. And that's something I'll always remember because um, things could get, have gotten um, drastically wrong for a many, great number of us. Um, I always, I also recently been thinking a lot about, well, uh, Gail, I'm Gail's designee to the, to the pension fund for NICERS, and they talk a lot about economics and different things. So you always hear about lagging indicators like unemployment or the consumer price. And like indicators tell you how bad things are, right, when they're already bad. But then there's this thing, and there's much less of them, which are leading indicators of like a, 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 a future a, a, a product placements to China or, or billable hours for architects, and you know something good is going to happen down the line. Well, this very much makes me think of Richard Murphy being about le- looking at young people as a leading indicator. That if you look at them as leading indicators, they will become leaders. And really being about setting up the resources, the systems, and the, and the support so that young people not only come of their own, but are seen as, by society 
as a leading indicator that could be measured, that could be, that, that could be supported, that could be advanced. And I think it's very important because uh, lagging indicators are just letting you know how bad situations are already. Leading indicators are about the promise of the future and having young people rise to that level of merit and of worthiness is just an amazing thing. It seems intuitive, but unfortunately, until you have someone like a Richard to make us know how we have to be, that it takes work and that it takes be eye on task and time commitments, but to, to be able to put young people at that level and then make it, and then prove to people that the, the merits of it for our economy, for our society, for our livelihood, and our sustainability is just an amazing thing that I, I, I definitely feel blessed to have been a beneficiary of, and I want to be someone to continue that. There are people that you meet once or twice in your life, and that's all it takes, and they change you forever. We were used to seeing a lot of traffic of people coming in and offering offering all kinds of things, but not delivering. And um, we had this forum, and he asked us simple questions. What do you want? And we were in a storefront, um, very small space. And in 1991, we moved to our beacon, and it was that for many young people, thousands of young people who walked in there and had a place to go to after school and get tutoring and have job opportunities and mentor other young people and become active in their communities and become mentors to other young people and continue this legacy. And um, my generation is one that was very blessed. Okay. We, we, came up in a time where we were in crises and we had a lot of adults protecting us and mentors that stood with us. And I wonder about my children's generation if they still have mentors following them. And that has always stood with me. And Richard Murphy lives through us in every young person that he touched. And I can only hope to continue the legacy by the works that we continue to do. So thank you and God bless you. So my name is Raul Ratcliffe. I worked with Murphy, um, I would say since about 1985 because working with Murphy didn't mean just sitting in an office with Murphy and being on his staff. Working with Murphy meant uh, seeing his vision, it meant carrying out, it meant implementing it. So three words. Uh, recognition, survival, and trust, okay? So when I met Murphy, I said, how do I get on this man's radar, right? How am I going to get this man to remember me? Because the first time we met at the Valley, I was, let me get this right, I was Juan from the South Bronx, right? And so when, when we introduced him, he said, oh, yeah, you're Juan from the South Bronx. And I was like, no, not really. So I said, I have to do something more to get on this man's radar. So we had a couple of other events, and then I was Rafael, from the South Bronx. So I was getting closer, right? <laughs> Rafael, Raul. And so, and so I finally I started working with the um, um, Citizens Committee for New York City and Youth Force. And I had the opportunity, and I say opportunity, but it's like fate. Uh, there was another staff member that was scheduled to work at the Department of Youth Services. He sprained his ankle or faked that he sprained his ankle or whatever happened. And I ended up in that slot. And as soon as I went to youth services and started working with Bob and Murphy on initiatives like the Neighborhood Youth Alliance, um, working with Jessica closely, because that was the, 
that was the big deal, 45 organizations that were going to have youth-run components in them at the time, and it was huge, right? Robert Sherman remembers uh, being a big part of that. And so he finally, when I got in the door, said, hey, you're Raul from the South Bronx. <laughs> I grew up in East Harlem, but I, I said, close enough. I said, close enough. So now I'm on this man's radar, right? Survival. Anybody who knows Murphy knows that whoever said that can't be done wasn't around him very long, all right? He came out with ideas, visions, and somebody said, well, we can't do that. And we all looked back and said, your days are numbered. (laughs) Because you always had to say, let me look into it. Let's see how we get from B to Z. We'll create the other steps. You You got A, and, and you got where you want to go, we're going to get all the other steps in between. And that was the power of Richard Murphy. You would sit down and you would go through it, and then you would get to understand the vision. Then you would get to, again, make the vision your own. And that was part of your survival around Murphy. Um, then we have trust. So every time Murphy took a plane ride somewhere, he came back with a new vision, right? We were thinking, oh, no, he doesn't have a phone. But he came back with a new vision. So when I started working with him at the Center for Youth Development and Policy Research in D.C., uh, Bonnie, Eric, again, Bob, um, I had the opportunity uh, to begin working closely on community youth mapping. And in 150 places domestically and several countries around the world, we were able to implement the community youth mapping strategy. And I had to trust a lot in Murphy, and Murphy had to trust in us that we were going to get that done. So I leave by saying from the young people in all of those places, for the generations following those young people who still do versions of mapping and still have outcomes, and everybody's nodding their head because there were people that were involved and on the ground with community youth mapping, but from the young people in Egypt, from the young people in Jordan, from the young people in Kosovo, for the young people in Chad, in Niger, in South Africa, in all the places and all the countries that we were able to implement community youth mapping. It was something that changed lives. That's right. And created, again, uh, some vision. Um, In some of the places, there was a little bit of uprising and revolution and and coup. But at the same time, it was young people thinking differently. So, again, recognition, survival, and trust uh, are the three things that I will always hold. Uh, When I first met Richard was here in this building, and he came in here because we were thinking about doing an RFP for the schools. And um, he was, we were looking for a community partner. And he walked in, and we walked into the, uh, into the 149, and he came in and he sat down, and all of a sudden he started talking. And he was, and, and I had never met this man before, and he's talking about taking over this building, and he's talking about building this and tearing these things down, and this is what he's going to do. And he's just going on and on and on. I'm just sitting and saying, all we want to do is start a school. And this man has taken over a block, you know. And, and it was, he wasn't satisfied with just one school. We had to do two schools, you know. And we had never written one school, but here we were writing two schools. And then, you know, we would meet here and we would meet downtown. And every time we met, it was something new. It's like he went away for a little while. And he just thought and made these things up. And he came back. And I remember saying, who, 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 where does this man come from? He, he, he never got from point A to point B walking there. He went over everything, you know. And he thought it was possible. 
And, uh, and it was, because it is thanked, thanks to Richard um, that we exist. And it is thanks to his, his vision and his energy and his never-ending, I don't know, just desire to help young people. Because it was always about young people. And everything that he talked about, he talked about a vision, and it was all about the kids this. And then he would talk, and it was the students this. And it always, constant. So it is thankful, thank, thanks to him that we are here. Thanks to him that food and finance exists. That the high school of hospitality exists. And that he has touched hundreds and hundreds of students' lives, and they don't know it. And it's going to be thousands upon thousands of lives that he has touched and they won't know it. But we do because we met him. We had the honor, the privilege, the joy of knowing a man who really didn't know what no meant. He was so proud of this school. So he brought me here. We walked around. He was like, he was like a proud parent. He was like so thrilled. And he brought me to this special room. And he opens the door. And in it is a tilapia farm. All these little fish. Just a huge, huge thing of fish. It's a fish farm in this school, which exists today. I said, that's incredible. How'd you, how'd you think of that? Well, you know, the food chain. And I said to him, how in God's name did you ever get that through? And he said to me, good ideas find their own level. So I knew him very well. I said to him, you just did it, didn't you? No, you know. Well, of course he just did it. And what actually happened is that it finally got the final formal approval when people came here and presumed that nothing like this could have gone so far forward without the previous approval. They just approved it, as he knew they would. So talking about leaping, I can still see, you know that face he used to make? Well, he had the ability to be so funny and to be so caring and to be so revolutionary in his thinking and those are really, those traits don't usually go together. Either you have a great you know, idea visionary who can't relate to human beings, or you've got somebody who's all heart and just can't. And this man had this amalgam. You'd want to kill him, as you all know sometimes. He would just start sometimes. You couldn't stop him. But he had this ability to touch in that way. And I always say he was a moralist. He really was a moralist. He wanted to live rightly. And I was thinking of him tonight when I came in and I saw those students behind the food. You saw them? He just wanted kids to stand up. That's really all he wanted, to have the chance. And, and he was like, what is so hard about doing that for a country? Richard was my best friend. I talked to him approximately three times a week. We talked about our children. We talked about grandchildren. He was such a mentor and such a friend and such an extraordinary person. His influence was so profound because he believed that when you have a strong passion for something and you have a strong value for something, you are negligent if you're not extending that push and passion uh, beyond your own sphere of influence. I'm blessed to have my mom and my dad, but I can, I, I, I can imagine that other than my mom and dad, there will probably be no one I will lose that I will think of more regularly than Murphy. Um, 
I can pretty much say I may not think about them every day, but there's probably every other day something makes me think about him. Um, he's an incredible person. Um, I know they're talking about doing this, um, found the scholarship. Um, I hope one day that they name a school after him. Um, he's that much of a significant figure. Um, of all things, they should name a school in this city after him. Um, he's, um, he's that important to this city and to this country. Murphy always talked about building capacity to go to scale um, and the necessary things that you need to, to do that. Don't just give it lip service. Don't just depend on wishful thinking. You, you really need to work at it. Um, and, and then there's also the, the importance of government. Uh, people always dismiss government. And I think he didn't realize how important it was until he got inside himself and just how much of an integral partner uh, it could be to help build true infrastructure in the community and help facilitate the, the necessary things and the fu fundamental block, uh, foundations that community organizations need. I will always take that with me, um, that the things that we were able to do in government, and then when we left and went to AED, being able to partner with governments and recognize that to live lasting legacies, you need both parts of those. You need the community side and you need the government working together to build a lasting legacy. Other than that, it's just going to be short term. It's going to be fool's gold to look at. It's going to be a flash in the pan. But when you have both of them working together, you can really build something that's lasting and can go to scale. Um, I, professionally, I think that's what will remain with me. Um, personally, it will always be his trueness, um, his no matter what, he was always there. Every holiday, you got a card from him. Every birthday, you got a card. You, he'd see something in a newspaper, and it, some of us would think about, oh, man, I would love to send this article to that person. Murphy would somehow, he would tear it out, he would put an envelope, stamp it, and send it to you. Um, he was always committed to it, and he, and he did it. If he thought about it, he did it. Um, so, you know, you got the professional side and his trueness, his true, fr true friendship, true true love. True love. Must have been cold there in my shadow To never have sunlight on your face But you were content to let me shine And you always walk the step behind Oh I was the one with all the glory, but you were the one with all the strength, a beautiful face without a name, 
But I never once heard you complain. But did you ever know that you're my hero? You were everything I would like to be. Yes, you are. I can fly higher than any eagle. Because you are the wind beneath my wings. <laughs>